Wisdom, the final frontier to true knowledge. Welcome to Wisdom Trek, where our mission is to create a legacy of wisdom, to seek out discernment and insights, to boldly grow where few have chosen to grow before. Hello, my friend. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your captain on our journey to increase wisdom and create a living legacy. Thank you for joining us today as we explore wisdom on our second millennium of podcast. This is day 1058 of our trek and time for our Philosophy Friday series. Each Friday, we will ponder some of the basic truths and mysteries of life and how they can impact us in creating our living legacy. As we continue on this trek that we call life, sometimes we have questions about life. So our Friday trek is a time where we can ask Gramps. Gramps will answer the questions that you would like to ask your dad or granddad, but for whatever reason, this is not possible. No matter how old we are, I know that all of us would like the opportunity to ask Dad or Graham's questions about life in many areas. Understanding ourselves better and how others may interpret life through their paradigm will allow us to interact with each other with more love and compassion. This can be achieved by utilizing a profound tool called the Enneagram. The tool that we refer to as the Enneagram is a circle with nine interconnected points. Inia refers to nine, and Graham refers to a drawing. Check out today or a prior week's wisdom journal for a representation of it. I have also included a one-page Enneagram summary created by Beth McCord. If you'd like to download this graphic, click on the picture in today's wisdom journal. For additional insights, I do recommend the book called The Road Back to You, written by Ian Morgan Cron and Suzanne Stabile. It is an excellent book about an Enneagram journey to self-discovery from a Christian perspective. Many weeks ago, we concluded our deep dive into the nine personality types, which are the reformer, the helper, the achiever, the individualist, the investigator, the loyalist, the enthusiast, the challenger, and the peacemaker. Twelve weeks ago, we began a series of episodes on type combinations. What are the potential relationship benefits and issues with each combination? Covering all 45 different potential type combinations will take a total of 15 weeks, but will be valuable in understanding each other, regardless of what type you are and what type those are whom you interact with. Since we are exploring the Enneagram in detail, I would also recommend reading the Wisdom Journals for each Friday to see the diagrams presented each week. As helpful as the Enneagram is, Keep in mind, though, that it is only a tool and cannot usurp or replace the precepts that are found in God's Word. We are responsible for all the decisions and actions that we make in life, and they must be in harmony with God's precepts. So our question for the next several weeks will be, Hey, Gramps, why do people act or react to situations and circumstances in life so differently? How can I gain wisdom to better understand myself and then understand others so that I can love, serve, and minister to them on a deeper level? So today, let's look at the Enneagram type combinations, beginning with the Enneagram type 6, the loyalist, with the Enneagram type 7, the enthusiast. What each type brings to the relationship. Both Enneagram 6s and 7s are mental types, and there can be a great deal of mental stimulation in this pairing. These two types offer many areas in which they reinforce each other, and some areas in which the strength of one counterbalances the limitations of the other. Sevens are usually entertaining and tend to uplift the spirits of the sixes. Both are quick mentally and often have rapier wits. They enjoy bantering with each other, 
verbally sparring and seeing how absurd or funny they can become as they push each other into the most outrageous limits. Sevens are particularly good at generating new ideas, while sixes are particularly good at mastering the practical steps that are necessary to get things done. Sevens help sixes put fear and limitations into perspective, and sometimes to move beyond them entirely. They thus make effective team members in which the seven lays out the big picture and gets people excited about all the new possibilities, while the sixes move into the logistical and tactical know-how, following through with the details. In intimate relationships, the same balance pertains. Sevens are the stimulators, sixes are the regulators. And they can keep each other moving forward by allowing the other to counterbalance their own limitations. To this visionary functionary mix, sixes bring a commitment and loyalty to the sevens, and often expertise and groundedness that the sevens come to trust and rely on implicitly, as well as a strong grip on reality and what can be accomplished within given parameters. Sevens bring a driving sense of optimism and possibility, high energy, a sense of adventure, and fearlessness with regard to failure. They can teach sixes how to be resistant and how not to fear the future, while sixes can teach sevens the difference between optimism and pipe dreams. But what are some of the potential trouble spots or issues between an Enneagram Type 6 and an Enneagram Type 7? Despite how well sixes and sevens can reinforce each other's strength when they are healthy, on the average to lower levels, the picture can shift quickly. Sixes are essentially interested in security and predictability, building procedures to prevent future uncertainty. They are aware of limitations and why things cannot be done, or at least not done easily. Sevens, by contrast, are about seeking happiness and relief from increasing frustration or anxiety. They are about trying new things, seeing new possibilities and overcoming limitations. They do not want to hear about problems or obstacles. They want things to be done the day before yesterday. Sixes tend to be negative and pessimistic, while sevens tend to be positive and optimistic. Sevens are future-oriented, while sixes tend to be aware of the past, of precedents, and the lessons of history that would prevent things from going badly again. Sixes very much want to find someone with whom they can have a long-term commitment. Sevens tend to be fearful of long-term commitments and enter into them somewhat reluctantly. Sixes tend to feel that sevens are too hedonistic, selfish, extravagant, and when the chips are down, they wonder if they can be relied on. Will they skip off to someone else or avoid their responsibilities in some form of escapism or addiction? Sevens tend to feel that the sixes are too anxiety-ridden, they worry too much, and make themselves and everyone else crazy, raising every question and objective before trying anything. Sixes oppose everything, at least at first, and get distrustful and suspicious easily. They live a life of limits and rules that the sevens feel there are restrictive and largely imaginary and self-imposed. In a six-seven couple, these two opposing philosophies reflect very different expectations, that the sixes and sevens have from life and from a relationship, and unless these can be reconciled, it will be difficult for this couple to remain as one. So let's move on to the next type combination, the Enneagram Type 6, the Loyalist, with the Enneagram Type 8, the Challenger. What each type brings to the relationship. Enneagram 6s and 8s can be an extraordinarily strong, long-lasting relationship on what is, at root, a defensive view of the world. Both types feel that most people of the world are selfish and untrustworthy, and that their world is highly unpredictable. 
One, therefore, needs to take care of oneself and one's own interests, as would be seen by the eights, and have strong allies and the ability to get back up from one's friends from the thought of the sixes. Both sixes and eights have deep issues with trust and with finding people they are able to trust, and so when they have found each other and have gone through the period of testing, their alliance can be very solid and deep. Once they have bonded with each other, both types have done so on a deep level of their being, and while relationships may change over time, they are never indifferent to each other. They both admire and try to embody strength, commitment to one's word, honor, unquestioned loyalty, responsibility, hard work, courage, a spirit of protectiveness, and fighting for the underdog. Both are doers and enjoy being active, getting tasks accomplished, building a more safe and secure world for themselves and their loved ones. Sixes bring warmth and the desire for personal connection and commitment, a certain playfulness and sensitivity. They are also mental types and bring skepticism, analytical thinking, the ability to think through a decision, and to foresee outcomes and potential problems before acting. Sixes thus tend to act as advisors and lieutenants to the eights, who tend to take the lead and provide vision and audacity to the sixes, which is something sixes lack themselves. Eights also bring a directiveness, a decisiveness, strong wills, confidence, a can-do spirit that is energized by adversity, and a penchant for taking on challenges. Sixes tend to look up to the eights as their heroes, while eights are touched by the sixes' devotion and courage. Eights are aware of their inner struggles and what it takes to overcome them. When there is a genuine affection between these two types, there can be fireworks and occasional fights, but the bond only seems to grow stronger over time. But what are some of the potential trouble spots or issues between the Enneagram Type 6 and the Enneagram Type 8? Both 6s and 8s are emotional, although both tend to hide their emotions and vulnerabilities the best that they can. 8s do so under a veneer of toughness and bravado, 6s under a shell of defensiveness and bluster. Both tend to counterattack and go on the offensive when threatened, or when they feel that they are being threatened. In general, eights tend to take the lead in most relationships that they are in and to set the tone and to make decisions. They expect others to obey them and to be loyal to them. Eights may tolerate or even be amused by an occasional flare-up of independence on the part of those around them, but ultimately, they expect to be in charge. For the most part, they are also fine with sixes, except those times where sixes feel that they need to push back and prove themselves. Sometimes sixes need to show others, including eights, that they cannot be pushed around or be taken advantage of. Power struggles of all kinds can ensue. This is especially true for the counterphobic sixes, who actually react much like eights, displaying leadership, decisiveness, and independence on the positive side, as well as bluster, aggression, and defiance on the negative side. Sixes who are more counterphobic tend to get into more open fights with eights until both have determined their territory and just how far each other can push one another. Sixes who are more openly phobic, that is fearful, timid, and anxious, generally tend to avoid confrontation with the eights. Instead, they tend to present no open threat to the eights' dominance, while being covertly passive-aggressive and evasive. Eights can get into conflicts with phobic sixes by sensing their indirect questioning qualities and whether or not the sixes is loyal to the eights as the eights desire. Eights may become more openly contemptuous of them if they feel that the sixes are weak and vacillating. Problems in relationships can be exasperated 
by the eighth tendency to get into rages and to make threats to the sixes' security, or to bully or play on the weaknesses of the sixes. When trust and respect crumble in this relationship, constant testing from both parties bring about an end fairly quickly. Now let's move on to our next Enneagram type combination, which is the Enneagram type 6, the Loyalist, with the Enneagram type 9, the Peacemaker. What each type brings to the relationship. This is one of the most stable and most common relationships. Although both types are very different, they want similar things. Security and predictability of the sixes, and stability and autonomy of the nines. They both want their lives to be built on solid, dependable values, and for good, honest work to be rewarded. Both types tend to personify the middle-of-the-road values in their time and culture, to be dutiful, respectful of authority, and to abide within the rule of the law. On the other hand, there is a rebellious streak in the sixes and a countercultural streak in nines that allow some of these couples to live on the fringe of societies, to be unusual in their lifestyles and beliefs, and to be free thinkers and unconcerned about conventional values and more. More for sixes and nines than for most couples, much depend on the belief systems and quality of their childhood experiences, and they are looking for a partner who will mirror this, including their own beliefs and reactions. To this mix, there is also a complementary differences. Sixes bring a more active mind, questioning and alert to exceptions, to problems, and to safety issues. They can be more skeptical of others and find it more difficult to be trusting. Others need to prove themselves first. Nines, on the other hand, are usually trusting and unquestioning. They are sunny and easy to get along with. They are optimistic and steady, offering support and non-threatening acceptance. If sixes tend to see the exception and to focus on complications, nines tend to see the general and to focus on what will work without problems. This couple gets along, greasing each other's will by just adding enough gas to the mix to keep each other moving forward together. Change, when it does come, is slow and methodical. Both tend to see themselves as simple, regular people and do not feel special or exempt in any way. Both bolster the other confidence through their solidarity with each other. They are generous with each other, do not crowd the other to make special demands. When they find a relationship such as this, what their heart has been seeking and their dreams have come true. But what are some of the potential trouble spots or issues between the Enneagram Type 6 and the Enneagram Type 9? Since 6s and 9s find it very difficult to say what's actually on their minds and what they really want for themselves, there is a great tendency in this relationship to clam up and to be silently stubborn or defensive, and this causes the other person to guess what's going on. If there is little motive to do so, the two parties will fall into a stalemate that keeps each other at arm's distance, yet close enough to see that the other will not drift away. They may also begin to have health problems or other non-specific complaints about themselves that seek to bind the couple in cords of concern and guilt. Psychological and physical problems helps to ensure that the other person will continue to be there. Moreover, while these two types have filled social values very well, they both tend to disappear into these roles too completely for their own good. Sixes are frequently burdened with guilt feelings and doggedly do whatever they think they must do to keep their job or their security in place. They try to make sure that they are covering all the bases so that no one will be angry with them for failing in their responsibilities. Nines also fulfill roles, but these usually have to do with mediating between people to keep them together in some way. 
they accommodate themselves to go along with what the other needs, even if it causes their own stress to grow. Another potential problem is that both types love the familiar and dislike change. The feeling is that familiarity equals security, which is reinforced by their conviction that they must not rock the boat. Both types tend to put off confrontations until they are pushed to the limit, although sixes have a shorter fuse concerning their anger. They will either give up on the nines, or there will be an explosion in which a backlog of pent-up hostilities will be said, often to the permanent damage of the relationship. That covers the 13th group of three for a total of 39 out of 45 possible type combinations. We will continue each week to look at an additional three combinations as we work our way through all the numbers. Regardless of your personality type or the personality type of those whom you interact with, either in person or online, we must follow God's word as we're told in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And also in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, let us think of ways to motivate each other to acts of love and good works. Join us again next Friday as we explore further the Enneagram on our Ask Gramps episode. We will continue to explore the type combination and how best to maintain meaningful and productive relationships with each other. The information that we will discover will allow us to unlock who we are as we travel on this trek of life and discover more about ourselves and others as we impact God's kingdom. I know that you'll find these insights interesting, practical, and profitable in living a rich and satisfying life. Our next trek will be Meditation Monday, where we will help you to reflect on those most important areas of life. So encourage your friends and family to join us. And then come along with us on Monday for another day of Wisdom Trek creating a legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 1,057 daily treks or read the associated journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Wisdom Trek on your favorite podcast player so that each day will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, lead with integrity, and then leave a living legacy each day. I am Catherine Chamberlain reminding you to keep moving forward. Enjoy your journey. And then create a great day every day. See you on Monday.